We are now recording, so we're just going to do a test mm. record real quick. So I currently am speaking at a volume I would speak if I was talking about Booksmart 2019, director Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Amy, I would like you to now do the same. <laughs> I am also speaking about Booksmart 2019, director Olivia Wilde. SG. I am also, also speaking about Booksmart 2019, directed by Olivia Wilde. And Antonio, the ghost. I am also speaking about uh, Booksmart 2019, directed <laughs> by Olivia Wilde. Thank you. Thank you all for rejoining <laughs> us here today. Be a fan, bachelor, find out friends, where we talk about movies all day. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Amy. Welcome to our living room fort where we are looking at the fabulous face and vague outline of <laughs> two of our wonderful friends, SG Maldonado Velas. I'm so sorry. That's I fine. Have, I've been up since 6 a.m. I'm the face. <laughs> <laughs> the face. And Antonio. Rotero. The spooky outline. The spooky outline of Rotero. <laughs> the teeth. I have notes. I've written down notes. I've prepared. Oh, I have all of them up here. And that's what I did. I was oh, like, I'll God. remember that. So have, one out of four of us has notes. What notes is, like, I don't have a brain. What is a brain? I don't have those. I have to write things down. It's funny because I watched it while high, and I still remember it very well. This is definitely going to be our most chaotic episode. So sorry. Yeah. Of course it is. What? You invited what, us. Amy? Oh, this is our episode where we are going to talk about the 2019 movie Booksmart. Directed by Olivia Wilde. <laughs> but real question, should I be drinking? Do you want to be drinking? I'm drunk. <laughs> a little bit. I had a shitty yeah, day I've at work. Drinking. Are we going to take a quick break? Yeah, okay, you guys can I'm take gonna... a break. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll be back with alcohol in like two seconds. <laughs> Book Smart 2019, directed by Olivia Wilde. This oh, was Olivia Wilde directs. This was everybody's first time watching it, right? No one had seen it previously? I've seen it this possibly the fourth or fifth time i've oh, seen it okay um i've seen it the first time i now okay when did you when was the first time um a couple months ago i finally like you, you like suggested it and then like mm-hmm. eight years later i was like you know what i should fucking watch this i watched it uh at the beginning of 2020 of the beginning of this year and it was kind of the movie that was like the most calming to me during like all the shit storm that is quarantine so yeah yeah i mean like the genre of like cool kids in high school is like never gonna die it's so good like it's just Mm -hmm. like oh it's so good that's that's literally what i was thinking i was watching this because i was watching it and i was like this is literally like the modern ferris bueller this is literally like the modern like they even have like unnecessarily dance sequences and like weird (laughs) plays with cinematography and animation like it's such a like solid it's such a solid genre it's so good and i love that it's been modernized so perfectly (laughs) and there's even a ferris bueller reference where (laughs) one of the guys is just like Ferris Bueller, Ferris isn't trying to fall in love on his day off. <laughs> Which I think is a fucking hilarious law. 
I love that it's like we're falling into this little era of YA movies having like incredibly specific stuff in them. So it'll be like really, because like with technology, we're moving so fast and things are changing and memes change so fast and all of that, but they're not afraid to put that kind of stuff in a movie still. And like, you know, it'll age quickly or whatever, like that thought's gone. And they're just like, no, we're going to make it, make the kids know that we know what the kids are talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's such a good strategy because you, you like, you cement this in a particular place in time and a very specific place in time with mm -hmm. the internet now. Cause we're all like, oh, that's a 2019 meme. So like, it's, I think it's incredibly clever to make that kind of very specific, like put it in a date and time. Like it's, it's very, it's, it's good. It's very clever. I think that's also just part of the genre because if you look back at the John Hughes movies, like the whole aspect of those movies was kind of capturing the fact that they were in the eighties. Mm -hmm. and in the early 90s or whatever but like um yeah i have a lot to say as far as like john hughes's like influence on this movie because i feel it in a lot of different places so yeah i think on the like the setting and date and time like that's so because i mean how many of us watch john hughes films for like nostalgia we don't even really mm -hmm. feel so, like, in five years, this is going to have such a nostalgic tone. Hell, it had a nostalgic tone to it now where people can actually graduate oh, yeah. high school on without, like, <laughs> like, it was immediately like, oh, look at the better times. Yeah, well, I think um, graduation is inherently nostalgic Graduation well. is inherent because, yeah, there was, and I, I really, we're going to get into this later, too. I really enjoy the fact that, like, they, they did such a great job of capturing your senior year because, like, I know mm -hmm. I had a shitty senior year. You had a shitty senior year. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you have the world's worst senior year of high school, you're still gonna feel that like super nostalgia emotion as you graduate and like those last few weeks of school. And they just captured what like they personified that in an hour and forty five minutes of film. And I yeah. How was your senior year, Antonia? Um, it was really. I mean, I moved to the states, <laughs> so yeah. Um, it was really weird. Um, I like. It was partially like happiness to be able to like be away from my family, but like also I was living with my grandparents at the time. Um, so it was, it, it was just really, really weird because I, I knew that it was the last leg that I had to pretend to be someone that I wasn't before I could just like blow the fuck up as a human and be really fucking weird. Um, but then I went to theology school and that was a dumb decision. Um, <laughs> So it was just, it was really strange. Um, but at the same time, I like, I had friends here that I'd had, because when we came up to the States, we'd always go to the same school. So there were people that I'd like known since like first grade, but we were just begin beginning to become like people people. Um, so I got to like hang out with these people and like have like weird adventures and shit. And like, I don't know, it, 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 was, a, it was a mixture of both. It was like, I was having massive culture shock so I was just like really fucking strange um, and like being very weird on purpose um, and uh, like getting together with all these friends that I'd like kind of known since first grade, but we were all about to go off and like not meet each other. So it's just like a really fleeting time. Which is what like that time period is about, I feel like, is you're very aware that it's going to be gone soon. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and too, like, the movie almost doesn't feel like it takes place in, like, the single day that it does. <laughs> like, 
I didn't realize that because like I knew that you know I watched it I knew it was all in one night but I didn't like really realize it until I thought about it and I was like wow it was all one night of them having like this last hurrah and all these like big moments and trying to make the most of it and that feeling of like you haven't done what you're supposed to do and you haven't like lived to the fullest of your teenage years or whatever like I think that's really relatable for a lot of people yeah it was just yeah it's it's a really weird time to like say goodbye to everybody but like also it's really exciting because you kind of like realize that this is the last time that you have to pretend somebody that you've been for a really long time um so you're kind of like I feel like I, I was really beginning to show exactly who I was to my friends because I was like, if they don't like who it is, I only have to be with them for like another year. Mm-hmm. So like, I really got to be like really, really fucking weird um, and like say shit that was like really incriminating. And I remember like making <laughs> out with boys at like parties because I was just like, yeah, fuck you, punk rock. Like, it doesn't mean anything if I fucking kiss boys. I'm just doing it to, like, fucking get a rise out of you. Lo and behold, I'm a little bit gay. Um, but <laughs> just a little? Just, like, it's just a little tiny fucking bit. Um, and, uh, like, it, it was really fun because I knew that it wouldn't matter at all because, like, who the fuck was going to tell on me? Like, snitches get fucking stitches. Um <laughs> So I could do whatever the hell I want. Like, it's just, it's a really weirdly magical but stressful time. And I think that's why it's such a good genre. Mm -hmm. I remember hitting a point at the end of my senior year where I knew I wasn't going to stay in contact with almost anybody. So like nothing mattered anymore. Like all bets were off, not in like a super crazy way, but just a like, I didn't have to worry about what people thought anymore because it wouldn't matter in like six months or like two weeks or however long was left which is also why I ghosted the boy who thought he was dating me at the end of senior year (laughs) I also ghosted the girl I was dating from um but like it's really been weird to watch like the airport scene at the end where they're so emotional about saying goodbye and they're like it's only a year and now I'm like you guys were friends in high school like it kind of doesn't matter I'm like I know this is so sad and like it's super super fucking sad at the time but like the adult me is like this doesn't matter you guys aren't going to be friends anymore that is the thing that always gets me with this movie so like they nail like the feeling of nostalgia with graduating but they don't hit anything after. So, like, as soon as you're, like, three years out of high school, you're, like, you're gonna break up, you're not gonna talk to each other anymore, and you will last, but you'll only see each other every other year. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, like, with their friendship, I do believe that they will stay friends. They won't stay as close of friends as they were before, but, but from just the dynamic, I, I can't imagine them at least being the that type of like one time a year friends. This feels like projection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I feel, like, I feel like I part of the fun of this movie is that I projected so much of my college experience onto mm. it. Yeah. Like just like our group of friends. Like I like that like super fucking tight knit like queer like just I, I've literally never been closer to people in my entire life like before or after like than that group of friends in college and I, like it was just it was really fucking fun to be back in that world again 
Yeah, I think that's part of the effect, too, of, like, queer people being late bloomers because you can't be who you want to be when you're younger. So it's, like, the years that they're having in the film that they feel like are... Like, I don't think that they're believing that they're going to peak in high school, but they do see this as, like, a good time, you know? It's like we had that in college a little bit instead, kind of, because it's like, you know, uh, Amy, not me, the character, is out in high school, and it's like that's not the experience that our generation was able to have. Like, yeah. that's so much more yeah. of a Gen Z experience. Which is so fucking cool. I'm so mm-hmm. happy it is. that. Yeah. And also the all-gender bathroom and stuff like that, that was, uh, like, even though, what I didn't like about that was kind of the joke that it became, mm-hmm. but, like, what was behind it, I I really appreciated. And it was a small detail, but still. I remember there was something in their high school, and I can't remember exactly what it was now, but there was something in their high school I saw, and I was like, that's a thing. And it wasn't the bathroom, it was something else. And I, I can't think of it now, but there was something I saw, and I was like, that's some modern high school education BS. <laughs> oh, what was it? Was it the stage <laughs> in the classroom? Because that was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely weird. Oh, wait, didn't the teacher have uh, tattoos or like she a septum piercing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, they can do that? It's fine. <laughs> Which is funny because yesterday I was on TikTok and I'm on like teacher librarian TikTok right now. It's a good time. And um, Very wholesome. And there was a teacher talking about her students not reading directions. And I was like, that teacher has a septum piercing. And because like I just got mine and I flip it up at work and everything, I'm like very into like where can you socially wear septum piercings without being shunned. And um, I like commented and I was like, can you openly wear your septum piercing at work? And she was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I was like, yeah. that's so cool. I mean, to be fair, it, is she recording online right now? Like, is she working I don't from know. home? But but also like you have to r- remember that people our age are teaching right those so type it's of so classes. different now so yeah. so it's very different from when we were at that age and like that times uh like college students and post college people were were not doing that right because so. I remember when I was in high school there was one teacher who had a tattoo that showed because it was on his forearm and that was like. OMG, we have a teacher with a tattoo. And it was just like a tiny Kurt Vonnegut tattoo that said, so it goes. <laughs> that was his tattoo. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was kind of culture shock uh, when I was in a band, Rip. Um, <laughs> our drummer was uh, 14 and uh, we constantly had to like, she's just like super queer presenting. So we constantly had to like have older women be like, uh, no, she's an actual fucking child. Please don't buy her drinks. Please don't flirt with her. This is not okay. <laughs> Please stay away. So like that was most of our gigs was like batting old lesbians off of her. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so um, she would just like talk about like stuff that was going on at school. And I was just like, fucking hell. Like you're like, you're out and by and like have fucking pink hair and like all your teachers are gay. And like, I just like, this is so fucking cool. Like, this is so fucking cool. And like, sometimes I feel like I get lost in my own pessimism of like, nothing's changing. Everything's bad. Nothing that we do matters. And like, it's like just the massive fucking change that has happened. Like, like, we're not that old, but like, we're old enough to see that like, there's a massive fucking cultural change from when we were in high school to like the kids that are in fucking high school now. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that at one of the middle schools that filters into my whole, like, old high school, there was, like, a whole class of kids, like, 30-some kids who all, like, came out as bi, like, almost every single one of them. And I was like, that's so cool, just because, well, one, it's a small yeah. middle school, though, so they're, like, the only class. So that's partly part of it is that, like, they have this, like, tight-knit group because they don't have, like, a 100-plus person class at the school. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, like, those 30 kids just felt comfortable enough that that's the environment that they have going, that they were all, like, able to come out, willing to think about, like, their sexuality to that extent when they're in middle school and, like, think about their attraction and, like, all of that and not, like, be scared and just, like, push it to the back of their mind or whatever. And, um... <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thanks. <laughs> and it's just, like, so cool that the environment is right that something like that can actually feasibly happen. Like, it's so yeah. cool. Like, I, I saw a lot of that when I was preceptoring GBA, uh, like, three or so years ago, where, like, you could just tell that they they were fine talking about these type of things. And especially, like, um, I had a group within my class that were, like, really, really on it as far as, like, my pronouns, uh, which was not a thing with, like, I don't know, with fucking high schoolers, let alone with middle schoolers before. So, like, that, it's just interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm talking about Gigi. I love Gigi so much. Yes! <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, Gigi is the person that I wish to be. Me. <laughs> okay. Oh, Billy Lord's character, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Amy has so IMD pulled up. <laughs> yeah, I have the character oh, yeah. list open because I can't remember names to save my life. Oh, yeah. No, I like I love Gigi so fucking much. Like I just, Gigi's I entrance work, like, is one of my favorite things in the entire uh, movie. Money, like, money. <laughs> pulling up in the oh, so good. I, like, Gigi uh, is like so um like mystical, and I love it. I love like characters like that where they're just like they're inexplicable because there's actually no way to explain them. Mm -hmm. Or it's like how does she get from party to party? No one knows. They don't care that there's no explanation. She's just magical realism yeah yeah uh, but but also like the fact that she I, I love at the end where we find out that like it isn't all like rainbows and sunshine for her like there there is like a reason why she is this way to some extent which i wish they had gone in a little bit more but that is the role of that type of character that type of trickster character it's supposed to be kind of like continuously moving so mm -hmm. yeah but i i love gg and i i think if you put me and antonio together you could get one gg <laughs> i can see it <laughs> and one of the great. theater kids <laughs> yeah the theater kids were great were the ones taking it so seriously and the one just wants to be the center of attention like they were uh, great oh uh, <laughs> god it was me in high school like it was, like it was so embarrassing watching that because it was just like ah uh, shit i fucking did like i did that with literal fucking reenactments and like <laughs> i was like queen victoria's son and like had to learn how to waltz and shit and i was like that was me i took it so goddamn seriously this is so embarrassing but i love it and i miss those days but like like i just felt so called out yeah it reminded me of my drama kid uh like 
time in high school and stuff it it, it just it kind of hits it hits the like the pinnacle of it and instead of just showing you like a moment of that pinnacle it just like extends it forever so like or just exaggerates it even more which is just beautiful I feel like it would be kind of fun if we all say what character we think is the closest to who we were in high school. (laughs) Easy. Too easy. Oh my god. Um, Everyone freaks out and they're just like, (laughs) I'm looking at the cast list. Give me a second. (laughs) Okay. I'm going through all of them in my head. I'll go because mine was absolutely from the start and not even just because she's a lesbian, Amy. Oh yeah, totally. Like I yeah. had that I had that relationship with my best friend in high school where like I was the one I was the one who was like, yeah, sure, and went along with everything. And I was like the slightly introverted, like I'm only out here because someone dragged me here, that kind of person. And also a lesbian, though I was not out to myself or anyone else. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, and like that's a fairly common character, especially I think in YA kind of films and settings mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, it never fails to shake me a little bit when you have that dynamic of like the like not a yes man, but I keep wanting to say a yes man, but like the introvert and the extrovert, the extrovert who adopted the introvert and the introvert who just goes along with stuff. Yeah, yeah, and is also probably gay. <laughs> <It's> me. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm having just an existential crisis. I so I don't think it's to this extent, but um I think it's Jared. I like I don't I think it, it, it Oh okay. Oh, is he the Okay, he's just, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I like totally I I don't think that I was like constantly searching for everyone's approval, but um the way like I would just like in whatever group like figure something out like try to try to be a part of that group no matter where I ended up so um I think there there was just a part of me that wanted people to like me but I I I don't think it was to the extent of Jared and especially not with like the the type of privilege that Jared had so (laughs) yeah I feel like I, I had a little bit of Gigi and just like the chaotic, like, yeah, fuck you. Like, what if I make out with the guy? Fucking whatever. It's fine. Um, and uh, so, but I think I was a little bit more like fundamental wise, a little bit more hope. Like the one that Amy ends up like throwing up all over. Mm. Um, <laughs> and oh God. I, like just, somebody who is like so incredibly cynical of everybody but like really in the end just like really wanted a hug um so yeah, I feel like, no you're a hundred percent hope <laughs> yeah so i feel like hope is pretty close also gay yeah <laughs> that's most characters in this movie yeah. like 75 percent something yeah. like that like two yeah, around there um I think it's funny because I am Amy and I think I am also Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think at the end of high school, I was like a touch of hope, but still Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was always the friend that was like getting dragged along and was the like, okay, but what if this goes wrong kind of person? Um, And then I think I started to become a little bit of like 
a like cynical cool girl like cool depressed girl (laughs) (laughs) but then I was definitely still like an Amy because it was always just like grades and appearances and making sure that like people thought that I was going to do something with my life and now I work retail but you know <laughs> the immense I don't have a job pressure. currently <laughs> <laughs> I am jobless right now <laughs> so as all creative writing like MFA's masters should should be such a fucking letdown <laughs> it is incredibly unfortunate that like of all the people we know that got humanities degrees of some sort, I know like two people who are actually like using them how they wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Hopefully YouTube channels take off and uh... <laughs> get a creative writing degree just to become internet famous. <laughs> I mean, truly, that's what I wanted since I was like 14. So like fucking whatever. Apparently <laughs> now when they like ask kids what they want to be when they grow up, they yeah. all say YouTubers. And I'm like, that's really scary. <laughs> that's so valid though. It I mean, is. Like, like, I totally get actors that. or like seniors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's the same way yeah. that like we would say actors or whatever. So Right, because too, yeah, I guess how many people at least at my school, it was like there was a good like six kids in every single like class who wanted to be singers and like go on singing shows like American Idol and stuff. So I think yeah, YouTuber is just the new like I'm gonna try out for American Idol when I'm 18. Yeah. Uh same. Uh <laughs> yeah. is American Idol still on? Is that a thing? It had its last it? season a while ago. Did it? I okay. think so. I think so. That ended X Factor ended, I'm pretty sure. That's fine. We got like One Direction. That's done. all we needed. Now it's all about the yeah. best scenery. One Direction and Little Mix. Little Mix is pretty good. Oh, wait. And didn't, um, what, what, whatchamacallit, um, Fifth Harmony came out of there, even though they're, like, over, over. Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about Fifth Harmony. They're fine. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a hierarchy of things that have come off that show, and, uh, One Direction was up there, because of Zayn and fucking her styles. I'm a little surprised I, there wasn't a Harry Styles reference of some sort in Booksmart or like a One Direction joke or something. Same. That I mean, would have been, been very topical of them to do. It was 2019 they broke up in what? 2016? Yeah, but even then, like. Yeah, but like people still always talk about the like every girl was crying when they found out that One Direction broke up kind of stuff. I actually know somebody who was a camp counselor for like troubled juveniles. Um, where like they'd get sent to this camp if they were like delinquents um, and when one well when Zane left One Direction they had to have an emergency staff meeting to talk about how they were going to handle the fact that all of the campers were like losing their minds <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that a bunch of times where like there was teachers who got like emails being like your students are going to be extremely upset today we've already had so many people crying in the bathrooms like you need to not like be bad about this. Like you need to take this seriously and like be there for them. <laughs> oh my so, god! So a similar so thing, a, a similar but weird thing happened to me when I when I went to JBA as like a middle schooler. Um, and this person is problematic uh, now, but um, when Michael Jackson died, uh, oh. I was in JBA. It was the very last day of JBA, and everyone was fucking freaking their minds out. Um, 
and I I was the one that needed to go to a meeting uh, to say to take it seriously because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've never liked Michael Jackson, so I'm trying to remember if I know like where I was when I heard that Michael Jackson died, and I don't think I remember anymore. I think I did know for like a while at one point though. I was like, in McAllen, Texas. <laughs> We were shopping. <laughs> it's a good time. I think it was at church camp. I don't remember. How Missouri of you? <laughs> Should we talk uh, about truly. the movie that we watched? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can we can we talk about um, the scene where they fight? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Jump right into it. Oh I don't shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, well, yeah. well, like we've been talking about characters and so on, but like that scene where they fight is so like fascinating as far as um just the unraveling of those characters so beautifully and so quickly Mm -hmm. so well and I think it's so cool how they did the miscommunication in that Amy didn't want to like hurt Molly and tell her Mm -hmm. what she'd seen because she already knew how bad she was feeling for seeing like the two of them kissing so it's like she's not telling Molly, but in not telling Molly, she's never going to be able to get her to leave. And I think that's a really good way to do miscommunication where it's like out of the goodness of her heart rather than just like people being stupid. Um, mm-hmm. And then as I watched that scene, I was so obsessed with the background because I like felt, I was like, they're going to do it where everybody is going to notice they're Everyone's, fighting. So from the moment that they were framing it, where like one of them was on each side of the screen and you could see people in the background in between them, I was just staring at the people in the background. And I like that they held it out too. They waited longer mm-hmm. than I thought, like twice as long as I thought it was going to be before people started turning around and really paying attention. And I also like that they didn't cut to the other people at the party afterwards. Because usually you would yes. have like Molly sitting there and being like, what the fuck you're looking at or something mm-hmm. like that. But instead it yeah. just focused on her it'd be like zoom cut zoom cut zoom cut zoom cut but this was just like one one solid yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it was one take as well which i really like yeah yes yeah i mean that made like can can you imagine like splicing the audio together of like different takes no (laughs) like that's like just how would you make that sound organic if they use different takes for different part of that phrase like Mm -hmm. that like like how would you do that as an editor like like, god damn you have to be like fucking hercules but yeah, I, I just, it's also such a good, like, slow devolve of it. Like, that's such a good way. Like, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And that's, like, how it would feel in that moment. It just, it, you don't stop. You don't look anywhere else. And I, I feel like, um, maybe, I, I think I slowly realized, especially through this last watch through, that I don't like Molly that much that I feel like Molly is kind of too mean to Amy. And I think that's often how those friend dynamics work though, where you have one person who's kind of the leader and then you have the follower, like the leader isn't usually that nice to the follower. Yeah. I just like, I remember the thing that especially hit me hard was where uh, Molly was like, I'm going to go to your weird bathroom. So, like, that moment where she is about to go into the all-gender bathroom. And your weird bathroom really, like, hit me in a bad way. So, it's a thing you pick up on your fifth, sixth. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, the first time I watched it, I, I like, got too high. And, and um, 
the scene where Amy's in the water, uh, my brain could not like capture it. Like I was, it was too much like uh, stimulus. So I had to take a break. And then the next morning I watched the rest of the movie, which just started with the fight scene. So the fight for me is like almost its own like short film because of the way that it just like, I think you can watch the fight scene without having seen the rest of the movie and just un and purely understand who these characters are. And, um, and some of the things that would have led up to this, even if you hadn't seen uh, the rest of the movie. So, yeah. Well, I feel like every movie has to like, just marketing wise, it has that pitch scene where like you, mm -hmm. you have something that is fully fleshed out, even if the rest of the script isn't fleshed out that can kind of you can move around that in order to make a movie I, I feel like whenever I like write anything or like anything like you always have to have that central scene that like everything else is based off of and that very much feels like the scene that sold the movie mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it's yeah it, it's like a little microcosm within a really incredible movie that like if I had just watched that scene I would not have been able to anticipate the rest of the movie at all because it's so weird and fantastic but it is the elevator pitch scene yeah I think they do a really good job of like if you're not quite paying attention if you don't always catch all the facial expressions um, and if you've never been in that position you could easily go up to that fight scene and not anticipate the blow up at all and I think they really do a really good job of like balancing like this is the tipping point without like they don't hint at it too heavily and they don't make it so that it feels like it's coming out of nowhere. It's one of those things that like like I was waiting for Amy to blow up the whole time because I've been Amy before. Um, this feels weird when you're sitting next to me. Um, <laughs> but like I was also the entire time surprised that she wasn't blowing up, that she was endlessly supportive, that they were they had such a strong dynamic the whole way through, even though there was clearly that tension going on. Um, and so whenever they started fighting, I was like prepared for it to feel like it was partially out of nowhere. But I think they hit that balance really, really well to be like like I would not be surprised if yeah this was like the first scene that anyone had ever wrote if this was like how you defined their characters was by making this little standoff happen. That's one of my Having... favorite things to do with movies is like try and dissect what the original idea was. Like was it a character? Was it a scene? Was it a moment? Was it an aesthetic? Mm -hmm. Like like to look at a movie and be like how did this come to be? What was the original idea? And I think you hit the ball on the head. Wait that is the, that's the phrase right? No, nail on the head. Um, you nail have a nail on the head with thinking that it's the fight scene because, like, it is like the kind of standout thing about the movie to me. Yeah, I think this is like it's such a writer's movie because, like, it's it's mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing that like you notice so many things that they teach you in writing classes that you're like, oh, that was executed fucking phenomenally and like everything like you, you know that they're gonna blow up eventually but they blow up so fucking hard that like it's both set up really well and it also takes you by surprise like it like you don't you expect them to have that like fallout scene but you don't expect it to like oh just fucking like immediately like completely collapse to the point where you're like almost not sure if they're gonna get back together again at the end of the movie mm -hmm. but you know that they are but you're like, oh my god, this is devastating. <laughs> like, there's no way of not having a little bit of that resentment for life. Um, and that's just inc 
incredible writing. Like, just like, it's the kind of movie that you just watch and you're like, oh my God, like I wish that I paid more attention in class. Like, sort of going, going all BFA on this shit though, um, it, it's the Odyssey. <laughs> like, it's literally <laughs> just a really, like, it's the really long story of a trip. Um, oh, yeah. Where like, they hit each and every major point of the hero's journey. Like, especially yeah. when, um, when after they have the fight, they meet the goddess, which uh, is um, usually talking to a person. And that's where we have Amy with that other girl, and you have um, Molly with Jared, and you have these moments where they have that further realization of how they fucked up. So, like, it, it's just, it's, you can cleanly put it in in the order of a hero's journey but it even with that it it surprises you so well, yeah because you don't usually see the hero's journey in a story that's entirely not about adventure yeah. yeah like it's not even like a little bit about adventure they're not even like trying to find an adventure at home i mean i mean they're, they're going, trying to find the party they're trying to find the party um which is like it's it's yeah it's like from the start they know that it's going to be self-discovery and like they're going i don't know it's just it's not at all they're not heroes the entire mm-hmm. time yeah honestly the only thing that like going as far as like looking at it as like a writer the only thing that didn't totally make sense to me was um both of their crushes getting together i was like that came mm-hmm. out of nowhere because they do so heavily I, I gotta look at their names so this makes sense jared uh, and hope, or not jared and hope nick and hope nick and ryan nick and ryan, nick and ryan. god <laughs> I, who said jared so, and hope earlier that was a different thing um like nick does seem to be so obviously flirting with molly when they're playing beer pong and then yeah, he's a street dude in high school yeah but so like, i'm like okay so i'll give him the pass and he's just like a shitty guy and that's where like his motivation <laughs> comes from here is that he's pass. just gonna like kiss another girl in the pool because he's like oh there's this other hot girl that's interested in me however ryan is a short-haired skateboarding like skater boy talking girl why is she kissing a guy <laughs> I'm very confused. Like she could be, but like it just really seems to come out of nowhere. And we also don't know that they know each other because mm-hmm. my impression of the size of their high school is that it's big enough. Everybody knows the class president and the popular kids, but not everybody knows everyone. And so I guess in my mind, like it wasn't a given that Ryan and Nick would even like know each other. And then just to like have when um Amy comes out of the water and sees them, I was like, wait, what? Because they weren't characters that had, like, crossed over in my mind at all. The, the thing is, like, uh, so once again, a, a detail that you might notice after watching it a hundred times is that uh, the the group that Nick is with at the very beginning of the movie when they're at lunch is very close to the group that Ryan is in. Like, they're oh. not the same group, mm-hmm. but there there is movement of characters between those two groups. And, and I think like, and you have then Amy and Molly somewhere else looking at those, at that kind of major group. So, so I think like, I I think it is supposed to be unexpected that, uh, that they get together or whatever. But, um, 
but also not like completely off the wall like what the fuck is happening right like so, so they kind of set it up that we should know that they know who each other are I yeah Ryan's also the one who was like there's a party at nick's house tonight and like which like oh, could just I guess be I like about that too but yeah that i guess i just thought that nick was popular enough that he was the kind of kid who'd throw a party and anybody could show up and it would just yeah. be whatever i also feel like which they never explicitly stated and maybe this is just because we've watched tom holland spider-man recently i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i'm going somewhere with this this felt like a magnet school um and maybe this is just my just my experience of like growing up in missouri um that many kids in the class going to like ivy league schools or like coding mm. effort opportunities at google or whatever like that has to be some sort of like rich kid great <laughs> opportunity wait sorry what's a magnet school um it's so some states districts whatever will do it where you choose your high school not based on location but on your entrance interest so you'll have like a fine arts school and you'll have like a stem based school Um, and it'll be like an entire district has those and so like you send your kids to whatever their interests are um okay we call that preparatory school in mexico i would like to just briefly say the phrase let's go nickelodeon's victorious (laughs) yes (laughs) for antonio i was like if there's anyone Because, like, yeah, they are, like, a performing arts school, and that's why they are all, like, singers and stuff and, you know, whatever. But it had the same kind of, like, vibes just because of the, like, outdoor lunchroom situation, and it's in L.A., and everybody has these really strong, like, characteristics and aesthetics and stuff. Um, So it's just, like, what came to mind. I was just like, ah, Victorious. I could totally see that. I fucking love Victorious. It's so good. Like, it's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah, like that scene where they're like doing the like improv game where they like have to, the first thing that they say has to be the next letter of the alphabet. Like that scene is like ingrained in my fucking mind. And like, I remember trying to do that with my friends and none of us being funny enough to like actually pull it off. It was a good time. I was like, I I, I was trying to think a little bit more about what you were saying about uh, magnet schools and so on as far as this goes. And um it makes sense the only thing is like we never find out that much about like jared as far as like where he's going and shit like that and Mm. and honestly i can't see like maybe because of money but like i can't see jared going to anywhere like he has the kind of dad who would like pay off a school that's what i thought that's what i thought like (laughs) i feel like he's either taking a gap year or going into like a music program or something cute yeah maybe (laughs) I feel like he's just, like, oligarch, like, takes over a massive fucking company eventually, like, <laughs> Don Trump Jr. sort of situation. I don't think he's that bad. I, 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 don't, I don't mean that in a mean way. I guess when you compare anybody to any sort of Trump, it probably comes out very badly. I just mean, yes. like, yeah, that's valid. Honestly, it should come out badly. Um, but, like, just like that he's he's gonna inherit a company like that's just what's gonna happen and he's like really fucking nice and like i i kind of feel bad for him because there's no way to like not hate him for inheriting a company but he's so fucking sweet but like he's still (laughs) inheriting a company and like that's the kind of the dynamic that jared has where it's like 
I just, ah, fuck. Like you are like benefiting so hard from capitalism that there's no way that's no, like that the world's going to fucking hate you. But you're so fucking nice. Like, but shit. but I, I, I think he, he's working on, on actually being introspective. Like I, I feel like you're getting that slowly. Like, especially once Molly, like, is just like, you can't buy people's uh, affection. Like, I feel that, that if we were following his character throughout the night, that would be the inciting incident, like. Yeah, no, that's true. He has a really good character arc. For a very small character to some extent. I feel like that happens a lot in this movie though, because I feel like, um, I don't remember her real name except for it's like Abigail or something, but Triple A also has like, she starts out by saying shitty stuff about Molly, which like maybe it was deserved. But she starts out by saying like really horrible stuff and ends up being like the person one of the people that she talks to about everything like that i feel like everyone has like other than maybe nick and ryan everyone has a little bit of character growth in this mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i feel and like they're just flat love interest yeah. because they're not meant to like yeah and i feel like even nick is like not necessarily not growth at all but like he's also revealed to be more of a three-dimensional character and it helps that like one of the protagonists her whole thing is that she's viewing the entire world as two-dimensional people nick's friends the two guy friends i don't think they grow either okay well i don't even know their names so um, but but it's like they're lower on imdb than triple a so yeah oh shit theo and tanner Theo and Tanner, yeah, because Theo, yeah, uh, the actor who did Theo was just in a different movie uh, about like teenagers and drinking and shit. American Vandal. Yeah, I think so. It was like The Purge, but <gasps> the binge, the binge. Yeah, I was like, this has to be it. He he was just in that movie, and like. Th- I liked him in in this movie, so I I was almost interested in watching the binge, but like the trailer was shitty. So, hmm. it's funny because it looks like um, the guy who plays Jared is in this as well, and oh, so really? huh. it's kind of like how in Netflix originals you'll see repeat actors and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff together, like Noah Centino being in like everything on Netflix right now that's meant for teenagers, and yeah. so it's like this is the Hulu crowd, <laughs> like these kids. Yeah. <laughs> I I say kids, but they're all like 24 and older. I was looking at their ages after I watched the movie. All all the actors are like 24 to 28. I mean, like Vanessa Hudgens was like the youngest one of that crowd, and she wasn't that young when she did High School Musical. So, like, it's well, um, I think like John Hughes, like for all those movies, they were age appropriate. Like they were the age, mostly. That's if really interesting because it's so rare for that to happen because if yeah. they're not 18 and they're, if they're not emancipated from their parents and they have to like do a bunch of like child labor law stuff. So many, that's why Hollywood yeah. like cast older yeah. people. Yeah, I just, I, uh, I may be wrong. Like I may be wrong. But the rules this, also but... might have been different when they filmed those because it was mm-hmm. long enough ago. I think things might have been different. Mm-hmm. The UK skins thing too. I think that was part of what was so fun about watching the UK version of skins is that it like, these kids they're also like super successful now which is really weird um but like they looked like 15 when all this shit was going on um so it, like i think it was just more 
like they were all around like my age so it just felt more realistic too than like watching people who are like very clearly like 35 playing 15 year olds yeah i watched (laughs) i watched the norwegian show scam when that was like really big in like 2016 um and that show took off so much because um one the actors were the correct age and two they didn't wear like a lot of makeup and Mm. do a lot of like retouching and stuff so they just like genuinely had like pimples and dark spots and like all of that on their faces and then the third thing was that they like um so each episode of the show aired on actual cable in Norway like once a week but they released the clips over the course of the week each day of the week so like Mm. kids would be sitting in their math class and it would be like there's a new scam clip out about like something that happened at school in that their fictitious Mm. school on like today and then the characters also had social media where they would be posting throughout the week and so it was like real time fictitious so cool yeah and then at the end all into the episode why hasn't that been done more? That's so like it was so cool, and that's why it took off. So yeah. now there's like scam for all these different countries. So they have like scam Italy, and then there's like three of them in the U.S. There's like scam like Austin, Texas, or something like that. Like they're really random cities, <laughs> and, and but it's totally different scam characters, and they're like repeating the same <laughs> stuff now because they know that the most popular season was the season that had like the gay lead. So then now they try and do like a gay season for every single like uh, like spinoff of the show. And it's getting like really tired now, but that first show they did, like the actual Norwegian one, like when I watched this, there wasn't even an American dubbed version or like an official version with English subtitles. Like I was watching it illegally on Google Drive because there was people who like recorded it in Norway and uploaded it to Google Drive and put um, like captions on it themselves so then the captions would be like like literally what like kids in norway had put on it and sometimes they'd be like i don't know how this slang translates but here's the general idea and just write that on the screen that's (laughs) hilarious i still have a season on this computer because you gave it to me (laughs) i still have it all on a backup drive it was really good that feels like (laughs) drag race thailand It's really cool when, like, something from a different country takes off like that, where it's, like, they don't have the means to distribute it, but people are just, like, everyone needs to know about this because it's so cool. Uh, What I was gonna say just real quick was that, like, I I was earlier this year, same time as I started watching Booksmart, I was re-watching Saved by the Bell, uh, which I watched a lot when I was in middle school, and, um, and re-watching it, you're like, God damn, some of those, like, some of the, so they were all, the main cast were all age-appropriate, um, but, like, all of their actors around them were 40, acting like teenagers, and they look 40, and it, so it looks, it looks like Steve Buscemi in that scene being like, hey, kids, fellow <laughs> kids, <laughs> it's just like, what, anyway. That's so weird. I feel like this is a slight tangent. I, like, I, I, I hadn't, I don't know why, but I kind of assumed when I saw that it was a movie by Olivia Wilde that it was a different Olivia Wilde with literally the same fucking name. And yeah, I no, but feel, it's like big actress Olivia Wilde. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's like Olivia Wilde, Olivia Wilde. And I felt so shitty because I like, I realized my own perceptions of her 
while having no idea who she is, that she wasn't capable of making that kind of movie, mm. like that good of a movie. And like, I, like, I, I remember watching that and then like seeing like Olivia Wilde and I was like, it can't be the Olivia Wilde and like clicking on IMDb and being like, oh, it's the Olivia Wilde. And like feeling so shitty because I was like, oh my God, like I didn't realize that kind of like bias that I had in my own brain. Like it's just, time to go on to Twitter and cancel Antonia. I'm sorry. <laughs> we must That's immediately valid. cancel. That's very valid. Um, but yeah, no, I was just like, I, like it was one of those things where you're like, I've gotten over all my like fucking like feminist bias, and then like you watch that and you're like, oh, no, I haven't. Like shit, I need to work on myself a little bit more. Like internalized sexism. Anyway. That I'm now looking at her um, IMDb because I was curious what else she has directed. And Booksmart's the biggest thing that she's directed, but she is a producer on She's directed um, a lot like of music stuff. videos and stuff. Yeah, because I saw that there was um, an Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero song that she did yeah. a, mu- a music video for. Yeah, and a Red she, Hot Chili Peppers video. She talked about it on Colbert when she was on there for Booksmart. She talked about like why she got into directing and and especially like being an actor being able to learn from like a lot of really good directors um but I just wanted to talk for a little second about Jason Sudeikis in this movie because I think he he plays the perfect principal like he just plays the perfect like kind of dumb car with all of the lights Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. I was like this is amazing is this Cardi B (laughs) like like that is possibly one of the best the principal that, like entire. wants the kids to love them and is like i'm yeah. hip i get it like yeah. the love simon principal too who is like trying to be like relatable and cool and be like yeah mm-hmm. i get you kids i get you uh yeah me. also amy's parents who were will forte and phoebe from they lined reminded me a lot of um emma stone's parents in easy a mm-hmm. yes yes yeah yeah, yeah 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 like these really also, like wait, overly who's the, supportive who's the mom in easy a um, um lisa kudrow <laughs> <laughs> well for a second i was like is it lisa kudrow because she plays the mom in something else yes it, it, no it, no lisa kudrow is um that person she talks oh, to she's in the, the like, principal's office really bad counselor yeah the mom is patricia clarkson Okay, well, that's why I thought it was Lisa Kudrow for a second. She okay. is in that movie, though, and is a older woman that tries to give her advice. <laughs> Doesn't she condemn her for being, I don't know, it's been forever since she kind of does. She throws condoms at her and is just like, here you go, don't get any, like, problems and don't contract anything, and she's like, I'm not actually having sex with people, and she's just, like, not listening to her, and she's like, yeah, yeah, sure you're not, and, like, throws more condoms at her. I've seen Easy A a lot, I guess. You should do like a revolutionary female-led YA and do like this and Easy A and just like stuff that like changed the. We'll talk about it. Oh, I I just <laughs> thought we, we should just listen. talk about everything that Lisa Kudrow has ever done. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow turns into a Lisa Kudrow episode. I like the only Friends character that I can stand. Um, yeah. What about Joey and Chandler though? I don't, I don't watch like Friends. Chandler. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I depends. But depends on. Are the they day. himbos though? Those are the only stupid boys Joey that are allowed to have rights. Joey, Joey is, is a himbo. himbo. Joey is textbook himbo. 
Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed from Twitter, but I'm obsessed with himbos. Yeah, I, I noticed. noticed. For sure. <laughs> it says how much of a himbo Joey is that I would admit he is a himbo. Yeah, because you, you like, I cut down most of my himbo, himbo labeling. I don't because know why I hate it. I think you said that Godzilla was a himbo. <laughs> Did you say that? Because and I, I said no. Yeah, I agree, though. <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> is a himbo. How? I don't even remember what my reasoning was. I just remember we were watching I well, think the second actually, Godzilla movie, and I was I was just like, wait, and I paused, and I'm like, is Godzilla a himbo? I so I actually think Godzilla is a thembo, mostly okay. because um, like Godzilla throughout the movies like changes sexes and so on. So like gender doesn't matter when you're fucking big like. Uh, monster. But when you're like a god like, monster, chubby, like you do, don't do, have do. gender. Yeah. Dummy, <laughs> dummy, <Yeah>. Tokyo. <laughs> but uh, I think they are them though because, like, they're not really that smart. But they, come on, they're they're just darlings. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I love like taking. Um, like lingo such as himbo that has become so popularized in the last like since quarantine and just like overly running with it it's like my favorite gag it's my favorite thing to do the the original himbo was dave the barbarian the the original himbo is dave the barbarian okay the original himbo (laughs) was someone in the 80s we figured johnny bravo yeah himbo (laughs) dates all the way back to the 80s it's not like modern I thought so, it was much more And there was a that. lot of himbos in the 80s. Really? So, like, uh, I agree Dave the Barbarian was one, but you're disrespecting the ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> you can't disrespect oh, the himbo no, ancestors. Oh, no, I'm disrespecting the, <laughs> the himbo, himbo ancestors. <laughs> is there any himbos in Booksmart? I don't yeah. think there is. Are there? Not. Jared is Jared almost a himbo. Yeah, if Jared beefed up, he would be. J- yeah. Jared? Jared's... It's like the Chad light of himbos. Yeah. But there's no jobs in Chad? this film, which there makes are... me think it's a magnet school. Interesting. Well, but I, I thought we were supposed to, in some way, assume that, uh, what's his face? Um, Nick and the his guy, friends. The guy who's with Ryan. Nick. Okay, throwing a football during Nick, the lunch yeah. hour does not make you a job. No, no, no. But he's I the closest thing the school to, has, I think. I, I thought they it's talked about school. like him being in a sport. That's I mean, point. you still have sports at magnet schools, but because their defining personalities are not sports, he is not a job, and thus it is a magnet school. This is my thesis <laughs> for the episode. It's all about magnet schools. I feel like it, it's also kind of like uh, oh my god. I feel like this next point that I'm about to make is reading way too much into the movie that is not actually there. But I like. Welcome to the Yes interest- Podcast or the BSAF <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. Yes, good. Yes, good. Yes, good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I just like jocks aren't as jockey as they think they are in high school. Like looking back on all the people that I thought were jocks in like high school. I'm like, you are kind of scrawny and like weird. Um, so like if I were to see you cast in a movie as a jock, I'd be like, not believable, cast someone else. So I don't know. I like I think that that speaks to the j- delusion of the jock in high school, where like they're not actually that jockey. Like if we had just like stepped back for a second and been like, 
Let's look at this dude. How can I bully him? Um, he's bullyable. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, Has anybody else watched um, Euphoria? No, I, I fucking know. want to though. Oh, I'm just uh, thinking about the jock guy in Euphoria. Like he has so much depth I, because all of those characters do. Um, but he's still like really jockey. And that guy who plays him, that actor, is like six seven. And so I'm just like, you think I'm thinking about you saying like they're scrawny, and I'm like, yeah, he's like a 27 year old playing an 18 year old. But I'm like, he's so tall. <laughs> he's he's so tall. I want to watch Euphoria so fucking It's bad. so good. I binged it uh, too. Like, just the song. Like, the, like, the one that's on TikTok. Like, I listen to that song on fucking repeat. And, like, if that There song were so is- many TikTok sounds I didn't know were from Euphoria until I watched Euphoria. The, like, I'm not supposed to be here right now because I'm dressed like a hooker is from Euphoria. Oh. I love the, like, um, the... What a fucking pussy. Like, that one. Yeah. Like, that sound all over TikTok is fantastic. Um, I just, fuck, I, I want to watch that show so bad. Like, I feel like I, it's one of those shows where, like, even before I've watched it, I know that I'm going to be fucking obsessed. You definitely are, because of the aesthetics and everything. You're going to love it. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm going to be one of those cringy, like, euphoria-inspired, like, makeup look. Like, that's a thousand percent going to be me. <laughs> You gotta buy like little sequins to glue to your face and get glitter. Uh, oh, totally. I can't wait to watch that YouTube video. You'll just... have. Uh, I already have like scripts for like three different like. Videos. I assume. So... Well, you have scripts for three like sixty minute videos. <laughs> what? So one thing that I like, if Grace has her thesis statement, my my thesis statement about this movie is that I think um, I think directors and writers who were teenagers around the age that they watched um, John Hughes movies are now taking those kind of like ideas from John Hughes movies and making them more palatable in a in a more diverse and like a politically correct world like i i feel like there there will be scenes that 20 years down the line we will most likely cringe at but i i feel like it's moving towards a a more accepting place which um i i don't necessarily think john hughes was wasn't aware of what he was doing but um what I think connects with Booksmart is Sex Education from Netflix. Have you guys watched yeah. it? I've seen it. the first episode because I keep trying to get into it, but I just haven't like actually watched all of it yet. I love. I sex think, ed. yeah, I think like Sex Education is that it, it's like they literally said that this is just like John Hughes movies, but now, but like. And when we think more about like present ideas of sexuality and gender so yeah i just i appreciate the fearlessness of um this kind of thing one of the videos that uh, fucking writing about um is uh i i'm just very god this is such a boomer take on everything uh but i like I really think that we've done ourselves a disservice um, in the like liberal progressive sphere 
of making people afraid of saying things that are dumb. Um, and like, I, I, I would much prefer to be like, say, a Lady Gaga, where like, it's not that everything that she says is not like, it's not that she's never said anything that's problematic, but it's that she like really was kind of fearless and like moving towards that than like being like, uh, like Anita Sarkeesian, where it's like, actually Care Bears is kind of ableist if you think about it. And like, I, I just, I think we have to work with a sort of fearlessness if we want to achieve something. And it, I, I just admire people who are who allow themselves to look dated. Um, I, I admire people who are okay with like, oh, in 20 years, this is going to look like garbage. Because I, I think we should all be okay with the world outgrowing us. Like, I, I, I'm working as a person, the thing that I'm working towards the most is I, I want to be okay with people leaving me in the dust. Um, and that's just like something that I as a person value very much of like the, the ephemerality of who I am. Um, I, I like, I just really, really value people who allow themselves to die. Uh, but like, I, I don't want to take up space. character growth. <laughs> Dying just in a more <laughs> wholesome sense. Before it was suicidal. Now it's like just giving up the ghost. Um, but I, I don't know, I, I, I really, uh, it's, a very it's a very complex thought that's really hard to like distill into like one word, but I, I, I really am trying to allow the world to be okay. I'm trying to be okay with the world. Sorry, this is not great phrasing. Um, I'm trying to be okay with the world outgrowing me. Um, and, and I, I like, I want to be excited about that because that means that the world is progressing. And that's what I love so much about Booksmart is that like I can see that high school is already not the place that I went to high school in. So it, I, it feels like a personal triumph for me that like the world has gotten better and my experiences are no longer relevant. And this is good. Like I, I'm becoming obsolete and this is a good thing. But going back to Grace's point, I think it, it, it is for a particular type of like school and in a particular place like LA. Because like yeah. if, if looking back to like where I went to high school in Kirksville, fucking shit has not changed that much. Like, like there may be a little bit more acceptance of um, queer people, but like uh, recently, um, someone on someone at the high school, like one of the students, created a KHS Voices Instagram, where uh, people from marginalized groups got to write their like experiences at, about being at Kirksville High School, and oh boy, were they just the same experiences I went through. So mm -hmm. like. Um, I think it, it, it really depends on the place, like anything, but um, yeah, I th I, it, it's, it's kind of similar. I think that, I think Booksmart, that high school is like the idealized version of what we would want and so on. So yeah, you also have to consider the, the fact that like, and, and like maybe, I, I don't know, I've never gone to school in a big city, like, you know, but like, 
the idea that like the kids may have changed and the younger generations may have changed but the authoritative figures who are teaching high school and being principals and stuff haven't changed in the last five eight ten years um Mm -hmm. and so like that's always going to be a much slower evolution so like even if like the kids from book smart are very much like kids you would see in school today like it you wouldn't have like yeah the teachers and the principal and stuff being the mm-hmm. way that they were so that always felt yeah that always felt the most fictionalized when i was watching this like if this is what kids are like today this is definitely not what authoritative figures in high schools are like today speaking of teachers what do we think of miss fine going into the party <laughs> Listen, I really like it's so inappropriate in my I opinion. I really like yeah. Theo and I really like Miss Fine and I hate their entire storyline. <laughs> yeah, Kyle and me were just like watching that, like, this is not okay. Are they going to address it? Oh, I guess not. Nope. Well, yeah, because there's only that moment where she's like, You're 20, right? Like, and that's it. That's <laughs> no, not okay. Mm-mm. Uh no. But but yeah, that that was one point where I was like, ooh, no, no, and especially Miss Fine going around in graduation, um, trying to find Thea. That was also not good. Um, <laughs> it just also I, doesn't I, make any sense. It doesn't add anything to the movie. No, it doesn't reflect no. the main plot in any way. It ruins both of their characters, and especially Miss yeah. Fine. It ruins Miss Fine's character and takes it's away supposed to that be that that kind of high school thing of like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to fuck one of your teachers? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> also, stop that. <laughs> like, no, that's a stupid I, thing and a bad thing. It's not a yeah no. Pe- older people who are okay with fucking younger people, younger people are just like not the people that you want to fuck <laughs> like because no, she's out of her 20s like she straight up keeps saying yeah. in my 20s so she's at least 30 so yeah. that's just it's just fucking not okay i'm assuming and it be early okay 30s anyway. yeah and it, yeah. It, it wouldn't be okay anyway like mm-hmm. yeah no i mean he's also like they're so clearly not on the same page of like he is so obsessed with her and like she is very clearly like she's very clear about like being like this is like it like we're fucking and that's fucking it um, but he's too young to understand. It, also too himbo to understand. <laughs> the true that. himbo. The true, yeah. too yeah. himbo to understand. Yeah. <laughs> like if this, <laughs> we, we need those t-shirts. <laughs> too, himbo too himbo to understand. Coming to the BFAF pod store near you. Uh, uh, so connected because like i'm i'm slowly just moving us to different parts of the movie that i want to hear your guys's opinion on yeah. i i want to i want to hear your guys's opinion on like really uh like close to that scene the scene where amy and is it hope are like making out and like that entire scene because like i honestly still don't know how to feel about like the throwing up and then hope forgiving Amy and so on. I like, I don't know how to feel about that. I think it was weird that it happened at all in the first place because, like, mm-hmm. it was such a like curveball of like, wait, who's this girl again? Oh, wait, Amy's gonna make out with her. And it was just kind of like, does Amy make out with her because she's always had a little bit of a crush on her, just not as much as Ryan? Does Amy make out with her because like she's upset and she's there? Like, I it felt like almost like a consolation prize and I have mixed feelings because I'm like 
did they do it like I'm glad that they didn't shy away from like oh Amy's love interest doesn't like her back so we're not actually going to show her being gay at all um and I'm glad they didn't do that but I'm also just kind of like did you just do it to like check it off the list kind of thing but I do like them I think they're cute at the end and like it's not really Amy's fault what happened no no but I I feel like because I I spent a very long time last night (laughs) uh like right before I fell asleep uh thinking about being in high school someone throwing up on me while we do stuff or whatever and then would I forgive them and I don't like I don't know I still don't know about that I feel like it's a very mature thing to not be so embarrassed that you just avoid talking to them again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people internally can forgive, but it's not necessarily something like you'd have to be very mature to be able to forgive like openly. And to Grace's point, um, I do think that uh, Amy has a little crush on Hope because in the moment where Hope in the classroom asks Amy about getting Miss Fine's number. There's a little moment there where you can feel like Amy is interested or just like is not sure how to fully like have a conversation. I thought uh, it was just because her. it was really creepy that she suggested she was gonna get with Miss Fine. Yeah, no, but I also I also think that it's because similarly to the way that she is with Ryan, like I think there's like a little awkwardness in that. I don't think it had that much to do miss, with Miss Ryan actually until until Hope made the joke of it. But um, this is now the point where I attempt to rewrite the movie. <laughs> Here we go. So. I think what would have been really cool, and this most partially just because this is part of my high school experience, but would be if Molly being the leader friend and Amy being the follower friend, if like Molly was really pushing Amy to pursue Ryan, but she obviously has a crush on both Ryan and Hope, but like Molly's decided that Ryan is the better option. And maybe it's because Ryan skateboards that Molly's like, well, she's definitely going to be gay and Hope's not because like she's Femi or something like that. And mm-hmm. so it's like we have the groundwork for the like to for her to have a crush on Hope and pursue things at the party with Hope and like that makes more sense. And then also would give a new dynamic to Molly and Amy's friendship that like shows more so that Molly is like calling the shots there. I agree. Yeah. Let's make that change. Let's go back. <laughs> we will call up Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. <laughs> change the thing. <laughs> I feel like if somebody threw up, like, I've had so much weird sex that, like, honestly. (laughs) That that should be the cold open. (laughs) I think the other one is better. Is there a term for that? Yeah, oh, there's so much vomit. Like, that's, like, an actual thing. I actually Um, didn't need to know this, I don't think. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I, I don't do well with, like, bodily fluids. So, like, spit play and blood play and, like, scat play like not a thing for me um but because they all smell bad but (laughs) shut up (laughs) um but like i feel like if somebody were to throw up on me during sex like i would just be so happy that it wasn't me throwing up on them and like maybe that's like just low self-esteem but like whenever like like sometimes during anal sex like somebody gets shat on it's like there's like there's nothing you can do about it 
like it's not like an active like fucking turd it's just like you pull out the dick and there's a little bit of shit on it um and like i'm just like so relieved when like there's shit on my dick as opposed to like when somebody like i have shit on somebody else's dick because i'm like i like there's just such a relief that it wasn't me that like <laughs> antonio we're, we're not on the they them podcast <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say this is like our most this intense they- episode but like <laughs> I don't feel like we've crossed any lines. This is they them shit. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I would just be so relieved that it wasn't me that I think I would be fine. Okay, so I think there's too like an aspect of being somebody who's very, very scared. This is like my experience. Um, Being somebody who's very, very scared of being embarrassed. And so when somebody else does something embarrassing, you're going to totally forgive it because you're like, I know how horrible Mm. I feel right now and I don't want them to feel that way. So then when they do something that you'd be horribly embarrassed if it happened to you, you're way more forgiving than you'd expect people to be. And that's why you'd be so much more embarrassed if it happened to you. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. So, like, thinking about the relationships that happen throughout the movie, uh, to some extent, um, Hope and uh, Amy, Molly and Jared, do you think something happened with them before graduation? Like, do you think, like, do you think they did something before graduation? Because I thought the makeout moment in graduation didn't make sense if there wasn't something before it. I mean, they had the conversation at the party. Like, I thought they were yeah, going to kiss I, at I the party. I feel like there was something else. But yeah. I yeah, honestly would have liked them to just be platonic a lot more. Of I just, agree. Like, they have, like, this mutual understanding of one another, and it gives them this great moment at graduation where, like, he starts her speech because he knows she might be late because she's bailing out Amy. And just for them to be, like... A, a fun duo to have because they have come across this new understanding of one another and had this heart to heart. And I think that would have been better than trying to do like, a, oh, Molly also gets like an ending where she gets to kiss somebody sort of thing. Like they didn't both yeah. need to have like a kiss by the end of the whole, you know, But uh, also like trip. how often does the like the uptight woman or the super smart woman or the chubby woman get to just like randomly kiss a guy at graduation yeah. and it That's goes true. well. Yeah. Like yeah. I think like it was very coupley at the end across the board. Like there's so many because even like Nick and Ryan were like sitting next to each other at graduation like holding hands or whatever. Like it was so Gross. coupley across the board. Um but like I think because it was so cheesy at the end in that aspect, like I feel like it almost would have been worse if Molly didn't get to, like, Molly just doesn't get her love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. That, She's the only one who doesn't get paired off. That comes off so badly. Yeah, yeah. it's just, I, I think there, there is something more. And um, that happens in between those moments, especially because, like... But she a, goes home. She goes straight home and then she wakes up and then she... But she, she had to talk to Jared at some though? point because she could have had to make... She had to make up the plan for him mm-hmm. to step in for her. I mean, she could have texted him. But That's like, true. It goes from her being in Triple uh, A's car. I feel bad that I don't remember her actual name. She's called Triple A on IMDb, so I feel like you're good. Because <laughs> that's like her, her true character name. Uh, her being in Triple A's car and her being like taking her home to her waking up this morning and then going to... like. And the next day is graduation, so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she must have just texted Jared, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Or called him. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, that kind of shit just, like, happens in high school, and you know that it's eventually going to be platonic anyway. So, I, it's, 
like you just make out with people and then it like <laughs> but, but in front of everyone at graduation why yeah not? that is pretty the big. graduation is the time to do it but like, i feel like too there's a lot of in high school people dating people that they're not actually like romantically interested yeah. in but they just like feel enough of a vibe they think they're supposed to be and then they break up and are just friends like i feel like that happens mm-hmm. a decent amount especially like younger in high school though but I feel like that's kind okay. of a common thing where people are like, wait, we're just friends, aren't we? That's okay. also, like, such a stereotypical thing to just, like, do the movie stint thing as you cross the stage at graduation. Mm-hmm. Like, how many cheers can you get from your classmates? And but, Molly's whole character arc is about, like, I yeah, need to prove to these true. people that I'm fun, and I think she's still doing that at the end of the movie, even though she has learned lessons. Them crashing into graduation is fucking awesome. Uh. I love it. Like, like it is that it is that goddamn Ferris Bueller's moment of of like the car and the Star Wars soundtrack in the back. Like it's similar to that moment where, yeah, I'll just think about that. The, I I love the way that they use music in this movie. Like it's it's just kind of holy perfect. shit. I yes. saved a lot of the songs on Spotify. I kept Dang. like doing like Siri. What song is this? <laughs> I had like Shazam open the whole fucking time, just like. Like, yeah, no, the music is fucking, it just fucks. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it fucks. <laughs> it fucks. Yeah, no, it, it's just amazing. Like, I, I feel like so many of the scenes work because of it. Going back to, to scenes that I, want, that I want us to talk about. Yes. What about the drug scene? <laughs> Honestly, like... The Barbie... Okay, so, like, the trip itself and the cho- the choice to go to the animation and stuff I think was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I love seeing how movies decide to portray trips like that, where it's, like, what can they do to make it feel, like, different enough that people, like, are, like, oh, yeah, they're tripping. Um, yeah. But I think it's kind of weird, the idea that, like, two girls who are, like, top of their class, like, goody two-shoes and whatever, did drugs multiple times in one night. Was it just the strawberries? Yeah. Okay. Just the strawberries. Yeah, because we're led to assume that like uh, Gigi had Coke, but it wasn't Coke. It was like her vitamins. Ground up vitamins. (laughs) But she's definitely still snorting somehow. (laughs) Those are not normal vitamins. The fact that they're they're using them properly. (laughs) I mean, as long as you get the dosage right, like as a thing. Um, but but yeah. yeah, I think they're just drugged once. They are drugged unconsensually. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact: Gigi's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I spent I, the first bit of this movie um, being like, "Why does that girl look familiar? Who's that actress about Gigi?" Uh, and then finally just figured out it was Billy Lord. Billy Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That took me a bit. I really like tropes that I love in movies are like mystery drug trips because like it's so hard to portray a trip that like I, I really love it when people are just like what kind of drug is this I don't fucking know and then like they turn into Barbies like I like I love that trope like I understand that it's lazy writing but it would be so stupid to try to like be like what does acid feel like let's do a bunch of research <laughs> on this fucking shit. All six of us are going to have to like drop a tab of acid. And, like A tab of acid doesn't do much. Um, to try to be so realistic about it to me would just be like, why are we putting science in this? What the fuck is science supposed to, like who wants this science? Science, go away, fuck you. That, like, them, really... 
them leaving the party uh, like they can't walk normally is hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. That was I a love, great gag. I love when they get up on the dresser and they're looking at themselves in the mirror and I think it's Amy who goes, I don't have genitals. <laughs> 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 like when they're just like looking at their little Barbie bodies and then they do the moment where Molly's like, I have a snatched waist and then I think it's Amy. Yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure how the conversation goes is that Molly notices like she has like a snatched waist and then Amy's like, no, we're not going to pay attention to that. Like don't idealize this body. And um, I think it's so funny just like the little moments of commentary they gave them with that. I mostly just love like I don't have genitals. <laughs> well, I I loved um, I loved the moment where Molly goes and like Molly's having a hard time walking, and she's like, "Where's my chub? <laughs> like, where's where's the stuff that keeps me balanced?" <laughs> I that was an enjoyment. That's such a good movie. I feel like. And I felt this way as soon as I saw, like, the first trailer of this back in 2019. But I feel like if I had seen this movie in high school, it would have changed my life. And I would have watched mm-hmm. it every single day. Um, yeah. Probably alone in my room without telling anyone. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I feel like I, yeah. I, I really like it. I don't know why it took me this long to watch it. but I feel like there's so many, like, teen movies that... Um, I, like, didn't see when I was, like, the age that it would have been, like, great to see them. Like, there were so many mm. things I missed out on and didn't watch until, like, college. Like, I'm obsessed with 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> and it's yeah. mostly just because, like, I recognize that I am cat in that movie. Um, but I never saw it until college. I did not watch that as, like, a preteen or a teen at all, even though it was out in, I think it was 2001 when it came out, I think. Maybe. If I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and, you are cat. No, it was 99. It was 99? Okay. Because that was our Heath Ledger episode, right? Mm. So it was 99 and then 2001 for Night's Tale. Oh, then. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like there's so many teen movies that it's like I love watching teen movies at this age because I have so much fun with them and I'm really nostalgic and I love thinking about how it's like affecting the generations and I also want to like make that stuff. So I love watching it. But I think so much about, like, if I had been watching this kind of stuff a lot more as a teenager, like, how different would I be? Mm. I think there's also, like, though, like, I think it's easier to watch, especially if, like, it's a teen movie that's going to, that you're going to relate to so hard. Like, watching that as the teenager relating to it is fucking hard, because you can't, there's no hindsight, and there's no... Uh, it's not nostalgic yet. It's just a lot of feelings shoved at you, and then you're like spiraling, thinking about what your life is right now. Um, whereas like, I think it depends look... on the team, but yeah, yeah. But like, but like being able to look back and knowing that, like, like knowing that, like, yes, there are some parts of this that are super accurate and super nostalgic, but also there's some parts that, like, they're going to be fine, and you're going to move on. Like knowing that there is life after high school. I think make like gives a little cushion to watch those kind of like super relatable teen movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree. I think you Especially also with the kind context of... of like us watching this and thinking about college. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of life yeah. after high school. <laughs> yeah, I think there's also um, like you forget when you're like because I can't really compute what my life was before I had total control over it. And, like, in high school, you really don't have Mm -hmm. that much control over your life. Um, So it's just, like, 
it might always kind of be an idealized version because it you, like it's the kind of, they're the kind of adventures that you, you kind of require a little bit more control over your life to be able to do which is why like for us we can relate that more to college because that's when we actually had like like here's your life you can do things now how great um but yeah on that note, just throwing it out there, where the fuck were Molly's parents this entire movie? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, so when I first started it, I thought, and I don't know why I thought this, there's no base for it whatsoever, but listening to the, like, inspirational thing that Molly's listening to, for a second, I was like, oh, is that her mom? And, like, her mom died, and that's why she's working so hard. Like, that was the backstory Whoa. I made for her. her like, after, like, five shit, seconds. Right? No, but, like, like if her mom died when she was really young and recorded, like, motivational tapes for her, and that's why she's so gung-ho about, like, get a good Fuck school. And <laughs> that That's so period, though. Like, that's so 90s. But I feel like that's very possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it just immediately was. I was so sure that's where this was going after, like, two sentences. You just yeah. made me think of the Queer Eye episode where it's the dad with the two kids and the mom's passed away and she, like, pre-wrote uh, their birthday cards. Uh, oh, I've cried so many times over that episode. It's so cute. Oh, it gets me so much. Like, I cried telling my mom about that episode of Queer Eye. <laughs> oh, God. Um... I had the same thought about Molly's parents because, like, I thought maybe they were just like, uh, we can't balance, like, two pairs of parents or whatever in a movie like this. But also, like, I, I, I just wanted to have a better context of, like, why Molly was in, in some ways like she was. Because we kind of get an idea of that with Amy and her parents being so supportive, so. I felt so bad when they left after the parents made all of the food. Oh, God. I know. They're like, guys, so they love you so much. Because you also know the they would have had a great balls. time there. Like, they would have, like, sat and watched a movie together and laughed so fucking hard. Like, they would have, it, it's not like they were trying to, like, her parents were lame. But it's not like they were trying to get away from, like, bad lame parents. They were just yeah. trying to do something different. Diploma meatballs, Grace. Diploma I, I know. Meatballs. I know. <laughs> I need anything so to name diploma meatballs. That's why you think they're like the parents from EZA. It's because of the very bad sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Overly supportive, bad sense of humor parents. Yes. The best uh, trope. All I wanted back in high school. <laughs> Overly supportive, bad sense of humor parents. I, I wondered a lot about that with Molly. I mean, it'd be so interesting if it was, like, her parents are both, like, super academics of some sort, and so that's why she feels so much pressure academically to, like, go to a good school and put so much weight on, like, the fact that she's going to a good school and stuff like that. Like, I think it would add a lot of depth for her, but instead, it's just, like, she's a nerd and a tryhard, and that's, like, all we know. I think it could also swing the other way, though, where, like, her parents never really I think it was like anything. working and class like, like, like type of thing yeah like and she's like compensating a little she's bit compensating or like I was thinking like even more drastically like not that they're working class but that they're like they don't try at anything and never tried anything and have like settled mm. in their careers in any way and that's why she thinks anyone who's not like the absolute best is worth anything um because mm. she's looking at her parents and like trying to overcome that but like we just don't know there's there's a side to her career like 
isn't it because like amy's listed first in imdb isn't it like it's so weird that like yeah amy is basically the main character even though she takes on a supporting role in their friendship and i think that's a really strange because like we don't know anything about molly's background we don't know anything yeah amy is listed first on imdb and we see molly first i would have put molly first yeah me too and I think I think that's a really interesting way of like, I mean, go lesbians, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting. We we know Amy's like it's about Amy's love interest. We don't know that Molly even has a love interest until halfway through the movie, and it's about uh, where Amy's going after school as much as it is about where Molly's going, and like it's Amy's goodbye, and we know Amy's parents, but, and like. But it is also Molly's dream, as far as like. The, the whole point where we get that moment of like we're both gonna go to college we're both gonna graduate at this time and I'm gonna be the youngest Supreme Court judge nominee or whatever like yeah you think she's old enough to be on the Supreme Court yet because um RBC's <laughs> yeah I think that actress is British so she can't be <laughs> yeah. have any of you guys seen Lady Bird mm-hmm. oh I really want to it's so yeah. good. I love Lady Bird. There, there are points in that movie that I also like. Am still not sure how to feel about, um, especially like I, like, just some particular things about Lady Bird. But I think it's also because like I, I went into Lady Bird hoping it was a non-binary story, like oh. because of the way that it was being shown through trailers and the whole like insistence of ladybird and stuff in my brain i was like ooh this is this might be a non-binary story and instead so. it's just a white girl with main character syndrome yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i feel with like uh, mom. molly kind of suffers from main character syndrome where she just like wants to be the center of a extraordinary movie which that's like blatantly her flaw though like yeah. they scream that from the start mm-hmm. I really like the scene where she is finding out that everybody else is going to good schools and she thought she was so special for going to a good school. Um, she's like walking down the halls being like, where are you going? And it's like, she's the one who made <laughs> the rule. She's pushing people against the, like, the lockers. Yeah, it's like, she's the one who made the rule, I'm pretty sure, that yeah. they can't say where they're going to like keep there from being competition. She thinks she's protecting other people from being jealous of her. And in reality, herself. she was accidentally protecting herself from having like her main character syndrome hurt <laughs> yeah i especially That's loved so the answer don't judge me uh, it was my fifth <laughs> like my fifth option mm-hmm. harvard <laughs> yeah i don't know what i wanted to mention like real quick because i don't know where else to mention this is i'm working on a zine <laughs> where uh because of this movie i've been thinking a lot about music that goes into these type of coming of age movies and i made a whole playlist called queer uh queer teen movie uh like soundtrack and i'm making a zine about it because i i i think i came up with a soundtrack that would be kind of perfect for a complete queer version of book smart because book smart is already pretty queer but i want like straight up like fucking uh more more queer shit (laughs) and because i'm not gonna make a movie anytime soon 
uh, a zine is easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that could be your like elevator pitch scene of like how you build something around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be it. Mohal the movie. <laughs> well, well, like to be honest, the the people that I saw like thought about in the movie like were all based on our friends and stuff like that. So, I'll read anything about me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Everyone, one at a time. Closing thoughts on the movie. Go. I'll go first. Um, I I honestly consider this one of my top 10 films of all time. Like, I really like this movie, and maybe for the next few years, I feel like it's going to be one that I'll revisit, especially as, like, a comfort movie. So. Um, I feel like I, th- there's a lot that's, like, aspirational um, of, like, what, what I want to be um, in this movie of, uh, I don't know, just remembering that things are temporal um, and uh, like kind of having that like senior year vibe towards everything. Um, and like, I don't know, just, just doing whatever the fuck I want. Like, not that I don't do that anyway, but um, yeah, I like, I, I love that feeling that it gives me of like, everybody's gonna fucking die and you're not gonna see anybody anymore. So like, why the hell do you give a shit about anything? So like, more GG. I wish to become more GG. That's my thoughts. I was gonna say a similar thing to that, but also didn't want to say it. Um, I yeah, really like this movie. There are YA high school-y movies I like more, but I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching it, and I probably will watch it again at some point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, mine's basically what I said earlier, that, like, I think if I had watched this while I was in high school, I would have been, like, shaken to my core about it. Um, that said, I'm surprised that, like, it was still as relatable as it was, you know, what? six years out of high school that we are six Mm -hmm. and a half years out of high school Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it made me feel old and nostalgic and young all at once yum (laughs) yum so on that note because that's how we always end these things somehow for some reason because we never have a good flow uh no we're horrible at transitions (laughs) tell us where people can find you guys tell us tell us what you're what you're doing where we can find you cool projects you're working on this is like the end of um hot ones where they're like look at this camera look at this camera tell the people (laughs) what you've got going on (laughs) antonia you go first okay so um i am uh rotero rotero on uh Twitter, I am Rotero 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 on Instagram. I take, uh, I love portrait photography. Right now it's COVID, so I can't really take pictures of anyone but myself, so it's a lot of myself. Um, I also have a YouTube channel at Rotero Rotero where I am uh, vlogging and uh, writing an album based on SG's poetry. Um, so that's what I'm doing uh, with that music and vlogs and uh, portraits. Um, people can follow me on Instagram and Twitter by looking for Moon Poet. Uh, 
all, everything capitalized except the O's are zeros. <laughs> and um, let's see. Uh, also, fuck it. Look me up on Flounder. SG.flounder.com <laughs> or dot online. SG.flounder.online. It's the small internet. It's the next big thing. And I am also, I'm working on a number of like little zines and shit that I think I'm going to sell. So keep an eye uh on my like social media and stuff because i i need money desperately <laughs> <laughs> and will sell anything to do so <laughs> so all right uh, also the they them podcast.com oh yeah uh, yes. spotify, <laughs> uh, spotify uh other places uh we still have a website podcast we they still have a website. I repaid for it, so we kept it. <laughs> Good. Uh, can... Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, that's it. They done podcast. I I have like a number of podcasts uh, as well that I don't care to go into detail here. So just look it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! I had a really good dream for your dream podcast. I need to call the number. <laughs> Yes, please do. I think it's up. I think I I made sure that it's still working. Okay, so. cool. I, I'll call it then and let you know about my. If you saw my tweet about hamster dreams, that's the one I oh. might call about. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? Like recently? This was like two days ago. I think okay. it was Thursday morning. So cool. you can find any and all of those links in the description. SG and Antonio, send us those links. We'll get to you. We'll do. Um, check out the They Them podcast, obviously, because this is, I don't think we've ever said the word crossover yet in this episode, but this is the crossover episode, and there will be another one eventually on the They Them podcast uh, if we follow through. <laughs> and as always, you can find the BFAF pod uh, on all places where you can find um, podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at BFAF pod. You can follow us on, it's been a while since we've done this, what? TikTok, Instagram. Instagram. The Tumblr technically exists, but don't be looking for any good content there yet. It's those very all, boring. Those are all BFAF pod? Yes. I know these things off the top of my head. If you want you to email us, TikTok? it's still yes good. We <laughs> have do. a TikTok. Technically, we have uh, Grace's TikTok that we uh, converted into a BFAF pod. Um, That's funny. That's what we should do, Antonio. We need a TikTok. A TikTok. Um, I feel like you, it would make a really good TikTok. Like, not podcast TikTok, like, just, like, a TikTok. Just a weird TikTok, yeah. yeah. I'd be into it. Um, you can follow me, personally, on Twitter at Grace underscore Jessica. That is Jessica with two A's. And you can follow me on Twitter at hey, it's underscore Amy J. That's A-M-Y-J-A-Y. And in the meantime, go check out the They Then podcast. Go check out SG. Go check out Antonio. Wear a mask, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> exercise your right to vote, and have All a- cops are bastards. <laughs> and have a yes good day. <laughs>